It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Welcome to the Untold Story podcast, everybody. I'm Martha McCallum. Really glad that you could join me today. I'm really happy to be joined by reporter John Levine from the New York Post. He is one of the cutting edge reporters on the Hunter Biden story and so many other great pieces in the New York Post. So we welcome here, him here today. Hi, John. Great to be here, Martha. Good to have you with us. You know, I, I like to, this is called the Untold Story. So I always like to open my conversations um, with learning a little bit about you. So well, that, that is definitely an York, untold right? story. I grew up in New York. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually from Westchester County. I was born and raised here, lived my whole life here. Uh, I, went, I, I studied journalism in, in college, Where broadcast you, journalism at NYU. You okay, great. And I went up to Columbia uh, for international relations, which yeah. is, was a pretty useless degree, honestly. <laughs> Big waste of money, truth be told. But, um, you know, I graduated there in 2009. There was no work. I was sort of an Obama recession recovery, and uh, I went abroad for a while. I lived in China for a few years. Really? I did this sort of English teaching circuit and I saw a lot of that country and a lot of Asia and it's a fascinating, incredible place and I learned a lot and came back here, Beijing. Four years in Beijing. Really? I was ended up at this school called Tsinghua University, which is apparently like the best school in China. I'd never heard of it. And mm-hmm. I just showed up there and like, you know, Xi Jinping went there and Hu Jintao went there and half mm-hmm. the Politburo went there. So I was teaching all these students like what English and not just English, like American culture. They wanted to know about what we did here and what our lives were like here. So it was this fascinating experience. And they gave me a textbook, which was some communist nightmare. And I threw it in the garbage and I made up my own lesson plan. Really? And I was never expelled or I never suffered any consequences, but I was very, you know, honest about everything that we do here and how things are and they were very curious and eager and I came home in 2015 and I got into journalism here and I sort of climbed a series of smaller and larger blogs and websites until finally ending up at the New York Post uh, four years ago. Oh, that's great. Um, it, it's a great, uh, it's our go-to New York paper and we love re- reading your coverage. I guess I'm just a little intrigued, I am intrigued by your time in China. How many years ago? That was maybe 10 years ago. That's a crazy crazy little nugget that not a right? lot of people know about me, but this is yeah, the untold so, so story. Yeah, so how does, it, how does it sort of color your, the way you look at what's happening there now? Do you think it's a very different place now than it was then, or did you see the seeds of where we are now? Well, I mean, the, the people in China are wonderful people. They're very, very hardworking. They love capitalism, actually. They're, I mean, it's obviously a communist authoritarian country, but they're a very hardworking, diligent, intelligent people. There's, there's a lot of tremendous energy and promise there. So the issue is, of course, the government. But when I was there, it was a very different China. I, I landed there in 2011. You still had Hu Jintao, the previous leader. And there was still this sort of era that came back, you know, started with Nixon and Mao, where both right, countries can kind of the old expression was a rising tide lifts all boats. There was still a lot of like harmony. It's, it's very, it's hard to look at the relationship today and think back to then, but it was very, very different. And there was still a lot of hope that, oh, if China keeps modernizing and keeps developing, it'll eventually become more democratic. That used to be the old theory. 
of you know people like Francis Fukuyama, who we see on this network quite a bit, and the end of history. But um, obviously that didn't happen, and uh, their development didn't lead them to become more democratic, and they've actually become more bellicose. And now, you know, we're sort of starting to have to live with the consequences of the uh, incorrect assumptions that went into our previous way of thinking. And I don't know that I would go back to work in China today. I know. See, that's what's so it's so interesting because, um, yeah, that was the period that that I grew up in. Sort of the more sunlight that you let in to this communist regime in China, um, it's an enormous market. Obviously, right. it will be tremendously fruitful for everybody involved. It was globalism, really, in terms of, of looking at the world. And now, this morning, I woke up to read this story about how the officials in Beijing raided Bain Capital. An American company went in a month or so ago. There was another small firm, American firm, where they took five people out of the office, and the, the company hasn't said where they are at this right. point. Um, at Bain, they took the computers, they took the phones. So uh, this is a very, very. And, and I was speaking to someone the other day whose uh, child had graduated from you know a great business school and was offered a job in Hong Kong and turned it down because they're very worried about going there. It's a totally different time. You know, when I went there. It was because I felt China had this tremendous energy, and I knew that it was going to be a relevant part of the future. And I had assumed there would be some kind of U.S. I was very naive in those days, and I and I did believe in that old rising tide could lift all boats mentality. I think everybody did but back then. Right, but today, you know, as you say, you're you're seeing a lot of these escalatory steps, yeah. and it's not the same relationship. And I. I wouldn't. I'd be afraid to go back there and, and work there because, you know, God forbid, there's some crisis over Taiwan or or whatever, and you could be arrested and you could or end up in some spy, prison. They think you're a spy. You know, yeah. they think everybody's yeah. a spy, spying think, on their economy yeah. or reflecting on them badly as a journalist or all those sort of things are very real. Or risks. you know, we just arrested Guo Wenguei here in New York. Who you know, maybe they'll say, okay, we'll arrest someone and we'll do a trade. Exactly. Because we're into trading people now. Yeah. No, that's that's right. Um, we look at what Evan Gershkovitz is going through right. in Russia, and it's a very tricky world for journalists right now. Um, let's take it back here at home because you've done a lot of coverage, excellent coverage of the Hunter Biden situation. Uh, you know, one of the most intriguing questions I think this week is just sort of, is Hunter and his family, are they living at the White House full time? Do they have another residence? I mean, does it appear to you that that's where they live? Well, I mean, that's it's a very good question. And I mean, we know Hunter's been reported in, in California and L.A. and in various other residences with his with his wealthy friends and donors. But we really don't know where where he's currently living right now. But it goes without saying that the White House, you know, has been protecting him and Joe Biden has been protecting him and has been, you know, certainly keeping him front and center. He was in Ireland with Joe Biden, as we saw. And I think very much that the president believes his fortunes are certainly tied to his son. And there's no way there's going to be any kind of abandonment there. And and they're going to rise and fall together, I think. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, when you, you and I were talking with Brian Kilmeade on the radio yesterday, and Brian made a good point. He said, you know, well, Hunter's also there for Joe. Like he's he has his back. Right. And Joe is out there. The president is out there on these foreign trips. Right. And he has a tendency to, you know, slow down and not know what direction he's going in sometimes. Right. Sometimes there's he evidence is, of that. He's older. Um, so maybe he, he also gets some comfort from having his his son there with him. Another interesting detail that I got. I think I saw this in the post yesterday uh, that in this case that's coming up next week where he has to appear. London Roberts. um 
they have a child together. The DNA reports came back that it was more absolutely more likely than not that this is his child, a little girl named Navy, who's four years old, uh, and isn't he's not paying child support. He has to show up for this. And one of the things that was said in court the other day by Hunter Biden's attorney was that they might not be able to produce his tax information because that laptop is in the repair shop, which I, I found hilarious. Right. It's completely bizarre to me <laughs> that Hunter Biden is insisting on prosecuting, litigating this case, and he all because he doesn't want to pony up child support, which he clearly has the money you know he's we, we know how much money he was making during the period that was covered on this laptop which is allegedly in the repair shop which we know it's not of course um, I just I don't understand because there's an enormous potential for discovery in a protracted lawsuit with uh, London Roberts over child support and you don't know what could come out in discovery and it just seems like such a foolish thing it's his kid he denied it at first the, the DNA sh- test showed that it was it was hundred percent or almost hundred percent his child he should just pay what he owes it's it's you know, and it's it's a sad case because, you know, I've said this before. There was never a business partner. There was never a foreign oligarch that Hunter Biden did not have time for, that Joe Biden didn't have time for. Meetings in the White House, the golf course, Cafe Milano down in D.C., very trendy spot, mm-hmm. seen and be seen. But in this case, you have an innocent child. You know, it's you know out of wedlock. It's a situation. She was a, an adult, you know, dancer at the time, you know, so it's not it's not an ideal situation. But America's a complicated place. I don't think people would judge. Joe Biden for if he were to welcome his grandchild and London Roberts to the White House. Our previous president had five different children from three wives and is alleged to have paid money to a porn star. You know, there's a lot. There's, Americans are very forgiving people, Martha. They, uh, all the way back to the Clinton administration. <laughs> right, right. I mean, right. it's like, oh, gosh, you know, what are we going to deal with next? I mean, um, there's a lot of ego, obviously, that floats around these positions. And sometimes it leads to um, some pretty tricky situations. President Trump has one of those playing out in the courthouse in New York uh, this yeah. week um, with um, a woman who says that, that he raped her in the, it's a civil trial in a Bergdorf uh, dressing room. So there's all kinds of, you know, there's all kinds of this stuff um, that Americans have to kind of stomach and deal with and decide whether or not they're uh, OK with it enough to give that person authority. So, you know, back to the Bidens. Tell me where you think this is going, because the real the trickiest part or the most important part for Americans and for voters and taxpayers is whether or not. And now we take we go full circle back to China, whether or not any of the decisions that the Biden administration and the president make hinge on any exposure or, you know, awkwardness or promises that were made to China through these meetings and through these business relationships that Hunter Biden had with this Chinese electric company. Of course, the White House says no, absolutely not. But is there any evidence that they do? Well, the root of this whole thing is not really Hunter. Hunter is someone who obviously traded off his name, nepotism, made a lot of money that he probably didn't deserve to make. But this isn't really about Hunter. This is about Joe Biden. And to the extent to which if Joe Biden was involved in Hunter's overseas business dealings, do those business dealings now compromise him in any way, given that he sits in the White House? And, you know, given how close Hunter was to so many different Chinese interests, you mentioned that energy company. If Joe Biden is compromised in some way, that's a serious concern. It's a national security concern. And you have to look at this question in the prism of U.S.-China relations and things we've seen. The Chinese spy balloon. 
We were not told about the spy balloon. Someone in Montana saw it when it came into view. We did nothing about the spy balloon. It traversed the entire country. We just had to kind of watch that happen. And then we shot it down over the ocean. And a very and they, we, we, we weren't told about the spy balloon because they didn't want to upset a trip that Anthony Blinken was going to take to Beijing. And then in the recent leaked files, um, the, from the State Department, we found out there was actually four Chinese spy balloons, apparently, that we didn't know about. So when you see these kinds of weird, tepid responses to, to really an invasion of our airspace like that, you have to ask these questions. Well, is there a Joe, is there a Hunter connection here? And we, we don't know. We don't know one way or the other because they won't even acknowledge the legitimacy of the story. If by in the off, you know, those off moments where Karine Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, gets a question about this, she's, oh, are we still talking about Hunter? Isn't that misinformation? This isn't a real thing. Or you have to just talk to the Hunter lawyers. See, the White House is trying to make this a Hunter story. Oh, my son, he's a drug addict. He's an alcoholic. Americans, a lot of Americans understand this. And why, why, why are they picking on my son? This isn't about the son. This isn't about Hunter Biden. This is about Joe Biden and the extent to which his involvement in all the schemes and all those ill-gotten gains potentially now impacts his role as president of the United States. The Untold Story continues right after this. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. Stay on top of the latest news and information from Fox News. Listen and download the Fox News Hourly Update on your time. The trending stories you need anytime you want it. Listen and download now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. As we were talking about yesterday, for me, one of the things that I always go back to when you think about the emails that were on the Hunter Biden laptop is the one where he says to, I believe it was to his daughter, you know, complaining she she wanted something. And he said, you know, well, maybe someday you'll have to support the whole family, you know, and give all your money to pop and everybody else, uh, you know, but I won't do that to you. You know, I'm not going to put you in that position. And I always found that just like the, to be such a kernel of truth, such a little window into what's going on here. So I think a lot of politicians say, well, you know, like I'm serving the country and my family has to find a way to make money and they're going to support me. And so he's off doing what he can to support me. Do you think in their minds it's just it's all OK? It's just the way things are done? Well, I think in their minds they definitely think it's all OK. But what you just said is absolutely right. If we zoom in on that, what you see is Joe Biden is in public service his whole life. I think he was elected to the Senate when he was 29 years old, <laughs> which is in the late 70s. Um, and he's not he's on a public service salary and yet he lives and he lives very high he's got two very nice homes and the financial disclosures makes a lot of he has a lot of money where does this really come from and then you see oh well my son is making all this money and if you believe if you believe the uh discussion you just referenced, half the money is getting kicked back up upstairs. And so then you get into this, if, if you really sort of go to the logical conclusion of this, is, I mean, you've got basically Chinese and foreign money subsidizing Joe Biden's lifestyle, which it's, it's very disconcerting. And it's not necessarily disconcerting because it's illegal. It's disconcerting more because it might actually be legal. And it is just a way of doing business. And both parties do this. Absolutely. Absolutely, they do. Um, so I think that we live in a time, understandably so, when people just feel like no one is ever accountable for this stuff. They get so sick and tired of hearing these stories and nothing ever happens because whoever's in power makes sure that it all gets pushed off long enough that they can, uh, that they can squirrel their way out of it. And this laptop investigation, which really comes down to a, a gun investigation and a taxes potential violation for Hunter, um, been going on for five years. It, I mean, y y your viewers are correct to assume 
assume that you know, the higher up you go on the food chain, the less accountability there is. I mean, Hunter, Hunter, you know, while an active crack addict and alcoholic, sat on a gun form, a gun purchasing form that he was not addicted to drugs. And then he had a fight with Hallie Biden and she threw the gun in a, in a garbage can outside the home. And then they went to get it and it was gone. And the Secret <laughs> Service you know, had to intervene. This happens at your house, doesn't and it's it? Like, Normal. It, it just, like, just pause for a minute. Like, imagine if this was you. Right. You, you, would it be a five-year investigation felony. into you? I mean, get felony, out of here. Right? So, uh, lying on a gun form is a felony. Yeah. And let's, you know, even even something less, you know, prosaic as the classified documents. I, I know people who work in, you know, various parts of the government. And they're like, John, if I screwed up a classified document, Absolutely. at best, my career is over. At best. And then uh, much more likely, I'm also in jail. Right. But then you have, you, the higher up you go, you know, both Joe Biden and Donald Trump have classified documents, you know, coming out their ears and, and in, in their homes and wherever. And, and in, in Trump's case, refuses to even give them back. And there's no consequences at all. I remember when David Petraeus, the general, yes. he gave classified documents to like him or classified information to a mistress. Who was writing a book. Right. He brought them home, put them in the night, the night side table. And it's like, we well, just move along. Nothing to see here. I know. And there's there's like an uh, sort of entitlement mentality that is, you know, we're because we serve, we're, we're better off than every. I've, I also know people who handle classified documents and they've said to me, it's, I feel when they're in my hands, like it's almost like a hot potato. Like I want to make sure that I've returned my library book and that the librarian knows 100 percent. I brought it back and here it is. Please take it out of my hands because otherwise it might end up in my you know, backpack and I'm going to be in jail. The rules, <laughs> the rules only apply for little people. Yeah. Hunter Biden's in the same boat right now, right? Because everything is delayed. How serious, the, the two charges that he faces on taxes and on this gun charge, uh, if he, if they do indict him, which we've heard, they feel like they can, according to some of the inside reports there that you've reported on, and Miranda Devine and others, um, how bad could it be for him? Well, the most serious, I'll couch, first I'll say that we don't quite know yet what we don't know because it is still being investigated, but the most serious that we've, we've heard about is this potential tax evasion felony that could be, um, that, is, that is currently being investigated. And that obviously would be a felony. The other charges are apparently misdemeanors. And, you know, I don't know. They, they could choose, if it was you or me, I, I have a feeling it would probably end much worse than what he's going to end up getting. Obviously, his lawyers were recently meeting with the Department of Justice on the other day. I, I believe CNN exclusively reported that. Mm -hmm. So they had a leak inside the DOJ. And they're, they're probably looking to cut a deal. I think, you know, Alan Dershowitz recently said on this network that they're probably looking to come to some kind of closed door solution to prevent you know, embarrassment to the client and to the president. And uh, I think they're probably looking to get some kind of plea that avoids certainly a trial. And, uh, you know, because you got to remember, this is all coming in 2024 presidential election. Mm -hmm. This is all like if Joe Biden wasn't running for reelection, a lot of this story would kind of, I think, over time begin to wither on the vine, especially as he got closer to the exit. It'd be like, well, he's going to be out of office in a, you know, a year. But now that he's running for re-election, there's a major, major issue to be litigated, which is everything we're talking about. In 2020, what did he famously say when Trump brought this up on the stage? This is Russian disinformation. The intelligence agency officials say you're, you're full of it. Why are you lying to the people? And meanwhile, he was the one lying. And the letter he alluded to of the intelligence agencies was instigated by Antony Blinken of all people, who's now his secretary of state in a political job. It was a politicization of the intelligence agencies. Many of those people probably still have their security clearances for some reason. And 
these are big issues that are going to get are big litigated. issues. And it, my mind goes back to the, the dossier. You know, you look at 2016 and 2020, there were two big stories that were scary involving foreign governments, right? Russia is involved in the election. Um, Trump is, you know, overly uh, engaged with Russia. You know, they want him to win all of this dossier. Um, Jake Sullivan is suspected to have had some role in the team of people that were behind the dossier. Now you have this story with China and uh, the question of whether or not, you know, or I'm sorry, with Russia as well, with the question of whether or not these 51 intelligence officials, all who have enormous reputations to uphold, were willing to sign this letter saying that this was Russian disinformation. Crazy. It looks like at the behest of, of Antony Blinken and even said, Mike Morrell, because we wanted to help Biden. And I think there's this yeah. notion that, well, anything that would stop Donald Trump is worth it. Well, right? No it. matter what you need to do, you got to get on the team and make sure that we, that this doesn't happen. There is an amazing clip that Chuck Schumer, um, an interview he gave on CNN, where he was talking about Trump and the intelligence agencies. And he has this amazing line where he says, you know, Trump shouldn't uh, pick a fight with the intelligence agencies because they can screw you six ways from Sunday. And the, the interviewer was like, what do you mean by that? And he's like, I don't want to talk about it. And I, I would urge everyone listening to go find that yeah. clip on YouTube. It's a fascinating clip. Let's talk about the dossier. We spent three years on a Russia investigation that Trump is compromised by Russia. He's some Manchurian candidate of Vladimir Putin. He had some heinous piece of compromise in the form of a video of him in a hotel with prostitutes. It was just wild stuff, and it was all baloney. The entire dossier was totally discredited, and it still launched a three-year investigation in the House of Representatives. It was treated as gospel by wide swaths of the U.S. media, and it was junk. And there's been no contrition. There's been no apology. It's just we're just going to power through it. We're going to power no, through no it. No returned... Uh yeah. Journalism awards. No returned Pulitzer. Yeah. For their amazing coverage Incredible. of the Russian dossier story. No, it, it is the biggest embarrassment and stain Truly. on the American press. And it is absolute. Talk about collusion. Right. Absolute collusion that they have covered each other's butts on this right. for so long. Now, the laptop is a real thing. It's the thing that's it's everything on there is real. There's never been any piece of it that's been disputed. All the questions we're talking about, you know, which Karine Jean Pierre and her acolytes will sort of dismiss as, oh, wasn't this Russian misinformation? Yeah. It's all real. And we can't talk about a real thing because, again, it's anything that could possibly be perceived as helping Trump come back to the White House or undermining uh, Joe Biden is just it's it's uh, off the table. So last question, John, um, because this is, I think, what it boils down to for people. Will there ever be any connection found between Joe Biden, you know, 10 for the big guy, which I, I think they would say, well, that was going to be after he left office. Right. He's allowed to have a private life after he leaves office. And that was part of that arrangement. They haven't even gone that far. But I mean, I think I would assume it would be somewhere along those lines. Will there ever be any connection drawn between Hunter's activities in Ukraine and China and other places and the president's actions? There is right now such an enormous apparatus in place dedicated to obfuscating this information. Even these House committee investigations that are doing such, you know, yeoman's work, sort of digging at, getting at the bank records and the suspicious activity reports. It's such a slow process, and there's so many people working against it, including the Democratic Party that is just completely running interference for Biden. 
I don't, I don't, I mean, you're never supposed to say this, but I really don't know. I don't know that we're ever going to get there. And maybe, maybe, maybe he did, or maybe it was also just bluster. Hunter was just trying to, oh yeah, 10% for the big guy. You, just because he said that doesn't necessarily make it true. So we, you know, Hunter's certainly an unreliable narrator you know, at, at a lot, various points yeah. during this hard drive. So I don't know. But, you know, what's important is not necessarily did he or didn't he, but finding out det- determinatively what happened, what didn't happen. Because I would, you know, we just, the American people deserve to know. Yeah, they sure do. And um, I, one of the questions I have, which maybe you can dig into, <laughs> is how much money he really does have. Because I think a lot of these deals fell apart. I think maybe a lot of the money probably was squandered. I wonder if right. he's living in the White House because he doesn't want to pay rent anywhere else. Um, so, it, you know, it would be interesting to get his, you know, through maybe this London Roberts uh, situation to get, really get a better sense of what his finances are, whether or not we will in that process. I don't know. But, John, thank you. Thank Such you for having, having me. Here. I hope we can continue this conversation. Uh, and good to hear that, um, you know, a little bit about your background, your time in China. You said all you think about is work, even when you're not working. It's true. Give me it's one thing problem. that you think about when you're not thinking about work or working. My bio says I always think about work. <laughs> I don't Something. know. You know, honestly, when I tr- when to truly, when I'm like unplugging, I like to go cycling on Randall's Island, which is a very remote place, you know, in, in, on the East River, and I listen to audiobooks. See, there and it is. That is got a, it that out is of a, him. A John Levine's untold like. story. Thank you. A great reporter for the New York Post, and a pleasure to talk to you. We'll talk Thank to you, you again soon. Thank you, John. Listen ad-free with the Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts.